When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The Michigan football team is back home on Saturday with a 6-0 record and ready to face Indiana. We discuss Michigan's incredible first half to the regular season and preview the matchup with the Hoosiers. Plus, we've got some hoops to talk on the heels of Big Ten basketball media days. That and more coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here Thursday morning, October 12th. Uh, I missed the last podcast because I was I was at the aforementioned uh, Big Ten Basketball Media Days in Minneapolis, but I did listen, thought it was excellent, excellent podcast, maybe the best of the season. Oh, come on now. I don't know about that. What do you think, Aaron? I, I honestly don't remember. We were coming off of a, a night game. I was in the, I was in the fog. I, I honestly don't remember recording it. <laughs> you blacked out and it was it was it was just good stuff all around i, I promise uh okay well yeah michigan is is six and oh so we are at the halfway point of the regular season at least michigan hopes it has you know a few more games after that but uh yeah i don't know we we knew the schedule was light early like before the season that's something we talked about often they haven't faced a top 40 team yet really you know if, if you look at just the the computer rankings but still, on a game-by-game, possession-by-possession basis, to me, they've exceeded expectations still. What do you guys say? You can make that case. Um, I mean, they've had very good spurts here. I mean, even in those first few games where, like, folks weren't necessarily, you know, uh, pleased that they didn't necessarily blow these teams out, you've also got to factor in, like, they were playing the backups the final, you know, quarter and a half. I can remember, like, especially that, even that first game this year, like, all their scoring was done virtually in like two and a half quarters with a football. So I guess from a from a efficient you know efficient production standpoint, yes, they've done very well. I mean, they've probably exceeded expectations. Um, it's just hard to gauge, right? When you're going against teams where you know, look, Michigan strength of schedule is hovering around 100, depending on which you know which place you're looking at. Like the, the, the opponents have not been very good, so it, it it's hard to take what they've done and apply it like a you know like a a macro level against, you know, a, an average team because we just, they haven't really faced any. So um, that's where these final, you know, the final four games of the season or three games are going to come in, come into play. Indiana this week, notwithstanding. Um, so it, I don't know. It, they have gotten better. I will say just in the eye test. And I think right now that's kind of what we're going off of, right? Like how do they look? Um, are they dominating, you know, teams they should be dominating? And the answer the last, at least the last three weeks has been Yes. Um, and the question now becomes, you know, where do they go from here and, and can they keep it going? Yeah, no, I, I would agree too. And I think like the consensus consensus in the last few games has, has shifted a little bit. And, and I think now they're a legitimate national viewed as a national title contender. I and mean, they kind of were before the season, but I mean, yeah, like you said, they've been dominant on both sides of the ball, but even in the, in the first few games against the non-conference opponents, like they won big, but they didn't cover in any of the games. And there were, there was a couple 
instances where it's like hmm, maybe some question marks, like the Bowling Green game. Like, I mean, the offense kind of sputtered uh, throughout the game. JJ didn't have a good game. And defensively, like, yeah, they faced a, a third string quarterback for the entire second half. But like in the first half, they allowed a couple big passing plays. So it's like, hmm, all right, hard to really gauge off that. But I mean, the, the, to go into Minnesota and Nebraska and absolutely thump them like they did uh, that's it's still pretty impressive despite the, both those teams being quite mediocre yeah i hear what you get the point spread often is a good indicator i guess of like how a team compares to expectations because that was like all right that's what they're expected to win by to a certain extent but but i don't know like i feel like you know the odds makers were still adjusting to the clock and you know how many possessions were in games um michigan was just not really running up the score i mean our, you're going to get punished maybe as far as covering a, a point spread based on, you know, how well you play for the four quarters, but like, I'm not going to punish a team because their third and fourth stringers aren't necessarily, you know, scoring touchdowns at the same rate as, as the starters and the, you know, the, the, the second unit. So uh, I don't know. I still thought it was, it was, it was pretty impressive, of course, what they've done. And um, you know, I think another huge thing is how healthy they've been. I mean, they have, they have avoided, you know, major injuries for the most part, you know, they missed Mason Graham for a couple of games. He he comes back and as you guys discussed, was like looked almost better than ever ever with possibly the largest wrap I've ever seen on someone's hand. I mean, they must have just, just kept kept going with that thing. Five minutes. I asked him this week. It takes him five minutes to wrap up for a game. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it. That thing was was enormous. Um, but yeah, it didn't seem to to stop him at all. So um yeah, a a, a lot of good. Um and yeah, I've got a story up on mlive.com slash Wolverines right now about, you know, some of the stats. And uh, one one I was uh, I, I borrowed from from Zook, who dropped it on the, the last episode of, of Wolverine Confidential, which is that, you know, when the other team throws the ball so far, it's resulted in a uh, Michigan touchdown more often than it's resulted in a touchdown for the team throwing the pass, which is pretty incredible. Three three pick sixes so far, only two passing touchdowns allowed. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot more good that, that stands out, um, you know, from Michigan so far through their six and zero start after the game on Saturday, you know, I was looking through the numbers and, and, and Andrew, you obviously have a piece on all the stats and everything else, but when you, you look at like Michigan having played six uh, compared to teams who have played six games this year, not five, not, you know, not seven, six, the same number, same data point and everything else. I mean, they're up there in, in almost everything, especially the defensive side of the ball. Number one in scoring defense, number one in passing defense, number one in total defense. Even even offensively, they're number tenth in the country in scoring. So they're still putting up points, uh, and 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 their their defense is lights out, as you said. So comparatively speaking, they're they're doing a very good job. I mean, you you pointed the Bowling Green game, for example, where JJ threw three picks. They still won that game by twenty five points, and that never really seemed out of reach. So like, even when they are quote unquote struggling. Uh, you, you never get the chance. You never get the the idea that, that there's a there's a chance they're going to lose the game. So, and I think that speaks to um, just you know the pl the players on this team, and, and as you alluded to just a minute ago, the depth um, of, of players that they have. And speaking of impressive stats, I mean, the, a big narrative this week at, at availability was the the third quarter play of of Michigan, and they've outscored teams seventy six to nothing in the third quarter this year, which kind of speaks to the halftime adjustments and what they've been able to do and. I know head coach Jim Harbaugh talked about it a little bit, uh, defensive line coach Mike Elston. 
But and then me and Aaron talked about it leaving availability on Wednesday. It's like, hmm, I wonder if well they've also deferred to the second half a lot and have gotten the ball to start the second half. And I went back and looked. Yeah, they had two long drives that begin third quarters and that resulted in points. But in three of those games, they went three and out, and the defense was right back on the field. And so they still haven't been able, still haven't given up points in the third. Obviously, Nebraska, I think, was the team that that won the toss and and uh, got the ball um, to start the second half too. So yeah, I mean, it's it's been quite impressive that yeah, maybe they showed uh, some cracks in the first half. But they've been able to lock things down in the third quarter with their starters still in the game. And, of course, like we said, there's been a lot of backups in the fourth quarter when, when opponents have kind of gotten some late touchdowns to spoil shutouts or, or get a few more points on the board. Good coordinators can kind of recognize what other teams are doing and, and with, when given some time, adjust appropriately. And Jesse Minner, the last couple of years, has done a fantastic job. Mike McDonald did the same thing before him. And even, you know, Don Brown had his moments too where they, did, they were a very good – second half defense and that's that's kind of carried over that's really been kind of the identity of the michigan defense very i mean pretty much to the jim harbaugh era era um you know even when games are close at halftime michigan's able to clamp down defensively in the second half and as zook noted that third quarter has certainly been been a difference maker um and been certainly you know the reason why they've been able to pull away in, in a lot of these games lately yeah they've played 360 minutes uh, of football this season they've trailed for eight minutes and four seconds, which is right after Rutgers scored a touchdown, you know, on the third snap of the game, uh, Michigan trailed for the, for the next eight minutes before tying the game late in the first quarter and have never trailed later than that in a game all season. Um, that they're the only team in the country that is, that has not, uh, ever been behind, um, in the second, third or fourth quarter of games. And, you know, that, that, that includes, you know, that includes Georgia, number one ranked team and, you know, in the AP poll, that includes, you know, Oregon and Oklahoma, you know, the only two teams that have uh, have a slightly higher scoring margin, average margin of victory um, than, than Michigan does. Uh, they've trailed in the fourth quarter of games this season. So, like, you know, like Aaron said, it's just been on, on cruise control, um, you know, for the second half of these games. And, um, yeah, just just so, so impressive how they've thoroughly dominated teams uh, this year. We had uh, we had some predictions about how how this would go, um, you know, before the season. Uh, and if we want to check back in on them right now, um, they're 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 going pretty well so far. We said, uh, you know, we we were certainly right about Blake Corum getting more uh, touches than Donovan Edwards. It's probably maybe even been a little more lopsided than we thought. Uh, but you know, we've kind of you guys you guys hit on Donovan Edwards at length in, in the last podcast. Um, so I don't know if that one's been. Uh, you know, surprising or what, but we were, we were, we are right so far at the midway point of the year. Yeah, I think maybe a, a second half prediction needs to be who will have more touches, Kalel Mullings or Donovan Edwards for the second half. Yeah, I was just going to say Donovan's touches have certainly been a product of his just lack of production, at least in the run game, right? Like he just hasn't been able to get it going, at least not yet. I do think it's going to come at some point. I, I mean, assuming he's healthy and everything else, it, it's, it's got to happen. But yeah, Kalel has certainly come on. Uh, he's certainly pushing for that number two spot. And really he's, you know, when you compare him to Donovan, he's at least got a roll card out for him, right? He's the third down short yardage back. Michigan's made no bones about giving him the football the last couple of weeks. And he's, he's answered the bell. So uh, very much so running back is a productivity, productivity job. Like if you get the job done, you're going to get the football. And that's certainly the case here in Michigan. So I think you're going to see Kalos continue to, at least for now, get, get carries. You know, we talked about 
uh, we predicted who would be the leader in sacks. Uh, right now it is Josiah Stewart with with three, but it's pretty bunched up. You got Derek Moore at two. Um, you got a few players, including Jalen Harrell at, at one and a half. Um, my guy, Chris Jenkins. Who I, who Isn't I, he at two and a half, uh, Harrell? Uh, I've, I've got, I don't know. I'm looking on ESPN right now. It's at, it's at one and a half, but maybe oh. Michigan could have a slightly different number, but yeah, uh, Michigan stats has them at two and a half, but okay. All right. Well, there you go. I don't want to, I don't want to short them. Um, yeah, you got to be careful what stats you're looking at. Cause I, I've looked at multiple outlets. They're all different. Like college yeah. football stats, Michigan's got different. You said ESPN, I, 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 you know, from an official standpoint, I think we should probably go off of what Michigan has, but even sometimes I've noticed the Big Ten in Michigan will differentiate on stuff. Yeah, no, we'll we'll defer to them. Um, yeah, Zook had Derek Moore and 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 Aaron had had Harrell. So uh, yeah, they're both um, you know both up there. Neither are uh, um, yeah Michigan sacks in general. Again, you guys had a story about this. Not not um, you know as high as maybe they'd like, but again, that's a product of kind of how how the other team um, is playing. But yeah, uh, you know again. They're they're six and zero, oh, and we've talked about this backloaded schedule. It doesn't seem like this will necessarily they'll be they'll be challenged again this week. Uh, Saturday, twelve ten p.m. Eastern time is kickoff when Indiana comes uh, to the big house. Um, the Hoosiers are two and four. They beat Indiana State, an FCS team, and Akron, one of the worst FBS teams in the country. And then their losses were to Ohio State, Maryland, and Louisville. And that one was the Louisville game is pretty close. Like those are respectable losses, but obviously Michigan is is much closer and, and even better than those teams. Uh, you know, so it it it's hard to say. Michigan has won 26 of the last 27 with Indiana, uh, 41 of the last 43. Their last loss at home was in 1967. Like, it doesn't seem like uh all signs point towards a, a lopsided game on Saturday. Yeah, and the aforementioned odds makers have Michigan as of now. I think it was thirty-three and a half point favorites. Which I went, I had to go back and look, and the the, the next biggest spread, at least for a Big Ten game involving Michigan, was in twenty eighteen against Rutgers. So it's been a long time since Michigan's been this big of a of a, of a favorite betting favorite in a Big Ten game. So odds makers are certainly expecting another blowout, like just like Minnesota and like Nebraska. Um, very possible. I mean, this this Indiana team is struggling. They're coming off a bye. Uh, and they did make a change at the off- offensive coordinator. Uh, they dismissed Walt Bell. Um, uh, and they brought in um, Rod Carey, yes, former head coach at Northern Illinois in Temple. His name escaped me. Uh, so I, it, it's going to be curious to see uh, how different the, the Indiana offense is going to look. Um, they have had, like I said, they have had two weeks to adjust. Uh, but typically, bye weeks are reserved for players to get healthy, and there's isn't a ton of practice, a lot going on. So realistically speaking, you're probably looking at 10 days to implement any changes he, he wants to do. So nonetheless, I, this, this Indiana team, just like Minnesota last week, doesn't do a lot of great things. Um, you know, and I, I think Jim Harbaugh spoke volumes this week when he was asked about Indiana. And the only real complimentary thing he had to say was Jalen Lucas and the, in the kick returning game. Uh, so I, I just, I don't see an avenue here where Indiana can, can keep up. I mean, they like to play Michigan style of ball. They're going to try and hold the football, long possessions, long drives. Um, so I don't expect them to score many points. I, I think Michigan's going to run, run away with this one pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, it looks like they're going to keep uh, or keep uh, Taven Jackson at uh, quarterback. I mean, who was actually a, a top 200 recruit, recruit out of high school and, and originally 
committed to to Tennessee. So I mean, it's you you would think that the talent's there, but yeah, I mean, he has not played well and has been replaced in a couple games um, by the backup. But I mean, Tom Allen said this week that they're going to stick with with Jackson, and I, mean, I don't know how 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 much will change with the new OC. Um, it's going to be a tall task against a uh, Michigan defense, like we discussed, has been pretty dominant this season. So, yeah, I, I, it's it, it it could get ugly, like we said pretty early for for the Hoosiers, and I expect a, another. I mean, but thirty three and a half is a big number, like Aaron said. That is a uh, in Big Ten play. Oof. Yeah, no, it, it is. But again, we guess we we sort of understand it. Um, all right, any. What else came out of uh, availability this week that that was interesting? I mean, certainly the the story that caught my eye was uh, you know the Jim Harbaugh contract situation. Yeah, there have been there have been rumors, I guess, bubbling for the last couple of weeks that Jim may be soon getting a contract extension. Um, I haven't been able to verify that or confirm that. Now that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I mean, we've been talking about a Jim Harbaugh extension now. You know, it almost seems like a, on a yearly basis. Um, he has been successful. Michigan's obviously coming off back-to-back Big Ten titles and playoff appearances. And perhaps most notably, he's in the second year of his current five-year deal. So once the season ends, he'll be working on three years left, which ideally, and we've talked about this in, you know, in the past, you know, coaches like working on, you know, minimum four-year deals just from the, the cushion of, of recruiting and, and everything else. Um, and, and look, if you're Jim Harbaugh, I, I think you would want to be paid more, right? You want an extension. You want to know that Michigan – um, believes in what you're doing, and, and that's kind of what Jim was asked about on Monday. You know, he asked, if, he was asked if he felt like he was, um, you know, if he felt wanted here. He did say yes. Now he has, he said that in the past too. I can remember asking him that back in February, as the NFL rumors were were uh, bubbling up. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's actually going to stop. You know, what Jim wants to do, but I, I do think a, an extension offered by Michigan would probably be the right thing at this point. Now, the, the, the one variable here, and we've talked about this too, the, the ongoing NCAA investigation. I was told that, you know, months ago that Michigan was going to wait until that concluded before they offered Michigan or offered Jim Harbaugh any type of extension. Now, I don't know if that thinking has changed. And it is important to you know, obviously point out here that he did serve a school imposed three game suspension. So I, I wonder if that plays into it too. But, um, you know, Jim did indicate that he wants an extension. I don't think you as if you're head coach intending on being here I don't think you would say otherwise um, but clearly you know he there, there continues to be some issues behind the scenes between him and the administration uh, we'll see where things go but I got to think um, we may get some clarity on this situation you know relatively soon I'll play I'll play sort of if not devil's advocate just the kind of naive side of this and say Okay, he's in the second year of a five-year deal, right? Is that right? So he's got three more years after this, even if they they do nothing. It's not like he's in you know this kind of limbo, lame duck status potentially if they don't do anything. You know, if he wants to leave for the NFL, he's probably going to anyway, right? Would money be the factor there? Those guys are paid, you know, a, a little bit better, but kind of the top coaches in college football are, are around the same as you know many of the the NFL head coaches anyway, from my understanding. So. Uh, like why why from Michigan side is it so important that they that they do something? No, it's a good question. And I don't think Michigan necessarily feels like they need to, right? Like they and we've seen that the last couple of contract extensions with Jim. I mean, I can remember a few years back where he was rolling in, I think he had two years left on or one year left on his deal. So like Michigan Ward Manual has have shown that they're never in a hurry here to resign Jim. Um, there have been reports of numbers thrown out there, potential dollar figures he may get. Um, I, I got to think if you're Jim, you probably want to be one of the highest paid Big Ten coaches, maybe if not the highest paid. 
Um, that would put you over close to $11 million a year. His Ryan Day, did, he did get, get an extension recently himself. So um, I, I just think from an ego standpoint, from a, you know, a cushion standpoint, you know, I think your gym, you want it. If Michigan, I feel like they necessarily don't need to give it to him right now. But I, I will say the one thing lingering right now with the current contract he's in is the buyout is relatively low. Um, currently, if Jim were to leave the NFL after the season, he'd only miss, owe Michigan something like $2 million, which isn't very much at all. So if you are able to lock Jim into a new contract, new extension, theoretically speaking, at least that buyout could, ri could rise and you'd be able to recoup some of the uh, the money you'd be, you'd be paying him. So uh, it, it's a good question. It's one that I don't know if Michigan necessarily thinks they need to be in a hurry about this. But at the same token, you've got the fan base and donors too, want, want, want probably wanting right there's been no pushback with jim at this point he is the guy fans are happy with what what this michigan program has done so you in a way you've almost got the pitchforks coming out too from the fan base asking the the administration why aren't you resigning this guy he's winning yeah i mean yeah, that, that's a key word there is winning but like to me like i think the biggest variable is still that ncaa investigation if they give them they make them the highest paid head coach in, in the big 10 and, and one of the most in college football and the NCAA turns around next year and, and slaps him with another suspension. I mean, it's just not good optics for for Michigan or the program or anything like that, too. So, I I, I, know, I understand that's how college football is, and, and you like and these coaches like that security of having four or five years on their contract. But it's like, like Andrew said, man, he's still got three more years left on on his deal too. It's like, what what's the rush? I mean, yeah, like when. Win, win again this year and, and maybe even get a, a bigger deal after the season. But again, as, as we've learned to, to, to <laughs> as we learned, the, the NFLs always seem to be popping up around uh, December and January. As we said, there's, uh, there's basketball to talk about as well, since, uh, you know, I just, I just got back from, from Minneapolis where the Big Ten media days were held, uh, the women and the men. Um, and yeah, I guess the biggest things to report are, you know, Jawan Howard is, you know, was not there as he continues to recover from, you know, the heart surgery he had in uh, mid-September. Um, but they say he's he's doing well. He's in good spirits. He's, you know, doing his rehab like he's supposed to. Um, but he has, you know, not been with the program. And, you know, the, the coaches have been on kind of strict orders not to, you know, bother him during that time and, you know, discuss business, if you will. Uh, and, and he has stayed away. Um so there's no timetable exactly for when he will come back. You know, the timetable they laid out at, at the time uh, uh, when they announced his successful surgery, you know, made it somewhat tight to get back. I mean, it was a window that, you know, if it was at the early end of it, he, he'd be back in time for the, you know, the first game. Um, if if he was on the later side, he, he might not. So, uh, you know, we'll just that'll be kind of a day by day, week by week thing. Um you know, as, as far as, as far as his status, but, uh, you know, a, a, a positive report, uh, on Jawan. um, you know, the, the Michigan men picked 11th in the unofficial, uh, big 10 media poll. The big 10 doesn't actually conduct one themselves. So, you know, some writers take it upon themselves to do one. Uh, and yeah, they were, they were 11th, um, which isn't a, a huge surprise given, you know, how last season went and who they lost. Uh, but, you know, I can remind folks that Northwestern was picked 13th last year and ended up second. It's a huge, uh, uh, there was a lot of parity in the Big Ten last year, a, a bunching uh, of teams, um, you know, below Purdue at the top. So uh, a similar thing could happen again this year. Um, but Michigan will try to avoid 
missing the NCAA tournament for the second straight year. Um, and they'll, they'll do it with, uh, you know, with some, some grad transfers playing key roles. Uh, two of them were, were represented at media day, uh, Olivier Kamwa from Tennessee and Amari Burnett, uh, from Alabama. Trey Jackson's the other one from Seton hall. Um, yeah, they'll all play big roles for, for Michigan this year. And it's kind of a similar side, uh, similar thing for, for the women there. They were picked a little bit higher. Uh, the big 10 does conduct a poll, uh, they had, you know, they had me, I, I was one of the voters. They had me rank all 14 teams, but then they only released the top five. Um, but it's kind of strange. The, uh, the coaches poll Michigan was not in the top five, the media, they were, I would say, I will tell you, I had them a little bit lower than that. I didn't have them, uh, in, in my top five, but we'll see the, you know, the top four teams there with Indiana, uh, Iowa, Ohio state and Maryland, whatever order you want to put them in, uh, you know, from last year are probably going to be there again this year. And then there's maybe a little bit of a, a gap between the next tier of teams that Michigan's in that, in that group. Um, but again, they, they brought in, they brought in three uh, grad transfers as well um, that will play big roles for their teams. Uh, you know, and Lauren Hansen, Alyssa Brett um, and Taylor Williams. So yeah, they've got, they've got a lot of new faces as well with some of the uh, returners, but also, you know, lost some key players, Leah Brown, you know, being the most, notable and Emily Kaiser as well. So yeah, a lot, lot of, a lot of new faces, uh, in the Michigan basketball program, men and women. Um, and they'll have their media days coming up as well here in Ann Arbor. So kind of dive, dive into those teams even, even more, but already some preview content on mlive.com slash Wolverines. I know preseason preseason polls are kind of a crapshoot, but where, where would you have had the the men's team? Shoot. That that's a good question. I mean, again, I wasn't asked to vote. So then I never, I never did my full dive into these other teams, but, uh, that, that sounds, that looked fair to me. Um, you know, again, some of the, some of these teams that were, you know, close to them, you could, you can make an argument about, you know, where you want to go with them, but there's just, there's just too many, there's just so many unknowns with Michigan with, you know, who, who they brought in and, um, I think they could be potentially really good defensively, but so, certainly some questions, um, you know, as to how the offense will look and where the outside shooting will come from when they lost so much of so I think 77% or something of their three point shooting from last year. Uh, you know, they, Saudi Washington was Michigan's representative, uh, in Minneapolis. And, you know, all he could say is, you know, they chart practice and the numbers are, are very good from the shooting, but that's the type of thing that, that that's great. But, it'll we'll see how it goes in the games that's really all that matters right so um uh yeah some some questions there but i certainly understand uh yeah why they're kind of picked near the the bottom of the big 10 um but you know it just such a small small mar small margin i mean they kept they were uh you know saudi washington and players seem to have that four and 13 stat you know, memorize that they were reciting as far as that's what they were in, you know, close games last year, games decided by six points or fewer, uh, or, you know, went to overtime because there's a couple overtime games that, that ended up more than six points, but you throw those in there too. Uh, four and 13 is not a good number. Um, but you know, you can look at that on the, the positive side of that as they were right there. Um, you get a few more to go those your way and you're, you're in the NCAA tournament. So, um, you know, as we know, it doesn't take much if you're in a power conference, kind of be in the top half and, and you'll probably get in. So, uh, yeah, we'll have have much more coverage of that as this, as the season gets closer on MLive.com uh, slash Wolverines. But Michigan football, Saturday, 12, 10 uh, p.m. Eastern time kickoff. They're back home after a couple weeks on the road. Uh, and that game is on Fox. 
uh, I guess this season more than ever uh, important to note what station they're on uh, and we'll have we'll have continued coverage leading up to during and after that game on mlive.com slash Wolverines thanks for listening <laughs>